I'm Tina Black, co-owner of Next Level Salon Ownership, a six-month business and leadership course to help you start, maintain, grow, or scale your salon business. We believe there are five strategies to help you eliminate politics and confusion, increase morale, decrease turnover, and increase productivity. If you would like to get on our waiting list for the next course, please go to www.nextlevelsalonleadership.com. Well, good. I'm so glad you talked about the team environment. And I would love for you to kind of like expand on that. And what have you seen over this last few years and then moving forward to go to the next level in the salon business? Because there's a, a very, very high percentage of salon stylists that are leaving the team environment and going into their own suite and working mm-hmm. by themselves. And I think, you know, that warrants a, a conversation to have. What do you think is missing in that salon team environment that's causing uh, people to want to leave the team to work, you know, solo, if you will? What's your thoughts? I think it, a lot of people who leave the salon team environments, it, I think it, they gain this team environment and then they, like, they soak into this team environment that they like it. And then it's usually, um, I wouldn't say lack of the knowledge, but they feel financial gains are greater to independent in their own. But I don't know if you know the book, it's called E-Myth, Revisit It, you know? And then it's just yeah. the, it's just the idea that a lot of people believe that, oh, like I can, I, like this salon team environments allow me to cultivate the clientele. Now I can independent on my own. And then they, they kind of walk away from the salon environments as an employee, as an W2 employees to go for self-employee. And there is the, there is the, uh, the artistry of being in your own independent boss but they try to learn as they pursue that you know and then i i've seen a lot of people struggles you know because oh my god like i didn't i don't know how to go register my business license or or i don't know how to do the accounting you know Mm -hmm. so i think the people that who leave the team environments um a lot of time people want to see their financial gain or the freedom with their own times and then, and it's maybe those two things that kind of like, I want to have my own schedules mm-hmm. or, or I want to have my own financial control. And also uh, when people leave, I, I think the people that who leaves, it's usually they want to have their own time, you mm-hmm. know, and then yeah. working within the salon team, like, in the last salon, they give the people gather together in the morning and then they kind of talk about the, what their goals are in the morning, you know? So the people who stays with us, especially right now in our salon, we have a best team, a great culture. We were a little bit scared of after the COVID, what's going to happen. I think it brought it in more people were missing like a human, human connections that is like, we're pursuing a goal together. So I think we have a greatest team right now. Uh, we don't have any turnover in the stylist. So I, I feel like a lot of younger kids are looking for, it's like a joining in a soccer team, you know? Yeah. Let's go to the championship together, you know? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And Lunatic Fringe is such a championship team. And talk to those salon owners, if you will, because I think this is really warrants a conversation as far as a team environment, especially you being a part of the education. Mm -hmm. Because one of the things I notice as a school owner, one of, one of the things that's really lacking in salons, and this is one of the reasons why a lot of our students, our graduates will leave, is because the education program isn't very strong mm -hmm. and the marketing's not very strong. That's, you know, yeah. showcasing their work. And, and you've been able to combat that in your yeah. position there. Um, kind of give some advice to salon owners where they could start with it and what, you know, what they should do to really make that stronger. Okay, I think uh, the the education is a key factor for like a salon team based because you want to grow it together and then you don't want to find the weakest link within the team. When you find that, don't point the finger at it. All the team has to give an effort to make that individual to get up to the speed to like, you know, play the game together, you know, and then that requires a lot of educations and then. That's what we focus on heavily within the Lunatic Fringe. Uh, I know the Sean and Andrews are very heavily focused on to making a new hire to get up to the speed to understand the basically like the technical skills, which is the hair cutting and the coloring. And then second, like, it, you know, they really focus on how to build the business, like client's attention, average ticket value. And they're always learning. It's like almost every each uh, new stylist that it's hired it in a salon, like the manager will do the one-to-one -one bi weekly to just kind of see their progress and monitorize to see like you're growing, you're growing really fast pace, you know? And if they're growing slower, it's like you're you're growing, it's slower, but you're in a very steady pace that's continued. It's like a having a coach, you know. Mm -hmm. in, the, in the salon group and the individual of each location has a great mentor that new hire can actually depend on and believe in on you know and then i think creating that bond is very important from the get-go i think and i think you like you know the french very finesse that to inch like you know captivating them into wanting to work with us and that since when they come in they laid it out, say, this is this is going to be your journey within an awesome and this is how you're going to grow. And then if you've been monetized their growth, I think we all want to grow. We all want to be in the next level, right? And there's a next tier every each step of their journey. We always said that it may not be right away, but it's up to you how fast you want to grow. You know, and then based on that desire, we will try to give every tool we can possibly have. And that's the kind of one things that I always tell cosmetology students, you choose to come step into the cosmetology school. You had the desire to want to become a hairdresser one month prior to entering yourself in the school. You were, had a sleepless night, excited. You are so excited. You tell your boyfriend, girlfriend, grandma, grandpa, I'm going to be a hairdresser. You know, some have to maybe convince their family, but they're excited when they step into the salon 
I mean, this cosmetology school, they expect the school to make you better. That doesn't make sense down the road. They kind of slowly drift away. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, I have to go to the school. Oh, tomorrow I need to go to the school again. And then I always ask, what happened? Yeah. We didn't ask you to come. You wanted to come. There's so many tools, so many things that you can learn. But if you don't take initiative to ask or you don't act, you're not getting any better. You know, same things is what's going to happen in the salon. I always tell our coworker, if you're tired, go home and go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I love this so much. And, you know, I really think education is like you said, it's, it's, it's a key education. Yeah. Is key. And for me, like when I start to feel stale or even tired, like you said, mm-hmm. it's more education. I know I need to take more classes and really invest in myself. And that's why I think, you know, lunatic fringe is as strong as it is, is because of your education factor and just the, the work that you put out there. It's what every hairdresser strives to be. Yeah. And let's talk about that because what I love about you, you've been a hairdresser for two decades mm-hmm. and there's a cycle. I call it a cycle that I think everyone needs to embrace. And I would love for you to talk about this. And it's called learn, unlearn, relearn. And you're so good at that. And I think a lot of stylists think that they've arrived and they're thinking, you know what, I'm really good at, at this type of hair. So instead of learning something new, I'm going to stay in this, this realm or even learning something new about what you're doing in that realm, right? You, you were yeah. just talking about that. And, uh, and then they'll just, you know, go off and work in their own silo mm-hmm. and barely get any education at all because they're working 80 hours a week, you know, to make ends meet, to pay mm-hmm. the rent, to work in their own silo. So can you talk about that, like how important? it is and and I love the fact that you're always learning new things and um and one of the questions you and I talked about is you know you just asking yourself what is hair yeah (laughs) so as you said like I've been uh, hairdressing for over two decades and then I was hope like I there's a time in my life that I love British influence and in the fashion and the hair. So when I was working for the TG, it was that like kind of punk rock, kind of avant-garde. It's just very like younger people cater hairdressing that it appeals to uh, kind of more fun. You know, hair is fun. And then I shatter the hair, like I texture the hair and then I scrunch the hair and then I had a great time and I had a mentor of those hairdressers. And then you go to conventions and then you see Sassoon's doing geometries and, and then different contemporary art. And then it, it was the different art. And I just all of a sudden was like, oh, and they start drawing to it. And then I'm like, I got to take a Sassoon class. And I went to the rabbit hole and they start cutting every client's have a geometry line. Everybody who had the shaggy look turns into everybody had a bob. Yeah. And then sooner or later, everybody's like, who me? Like, I don't look good with the bob. No, I can make you look good with the bob, you know? <laughs> and then you go into the geometry and then you drift away because I can mix texture and the geometry together. And you start it like forming to your own way of the hairdressing. And then you meet with the color artist, block coloring. I'm like, oh my God, it's so beautiful, block coloring. And then drifts away from the block calling and then and precise highlighting. And then you kind of continue 
like evolve, like it revolved, and then they're making your own niche of what works because your price range changes. And as I charge $215 a haircut and then the salon behind a chair, I don't have a young clientele anymore. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of people that who wants to maintain. Mm-hmm. And then now I have to kind of cater. You have to start thinking of the, what is the customer service? Some of the people that who's willing to pay $215, they puts the value on my services $215. So I had to go reach out to the like St. Regis or like a montage, those places that I go by myself or I go with my friend to go check it out. What is the difference for going to the business hotel and then the Marriott to go to Park City high-end hotel that charges you $500 a night? Mm-hmm. And as you drive up to the spot, they have someone always welcoming you, but they already know who you are, take your luggage. It's the service that has the value into it. And of course, your technical knowledge and then result does matter. But I realized in that certain tier of the people want to be treated and also result to be perfected, you know, and then I felt like a haircut and a color, I can perfect it, but I add the actual customer service on top of it. How, what kind of effect would I get? And then I was like, oh my God, it works. Instead of working like a seven clients, 10 clients in a day, I can only do three clients in a day and then I can make more money. But then when I start doing it that, during the COVID, I got question: what is hair? You know, it's like, I've been working with this fabric that grows out of the human's head that we alter it to make a fashion out of it. And then all the fashion designer always study the fabrics. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I probably should know much more scientific side of what is hair. Yeah. And my friend in, in Japan, they were like, no, this is the COVID is that I are like a playtime to think more in depth of the hair. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I have no idea what you guys are talking about, but I stay communicated with them. And then one of the guys simply asked, Humi, do you know, do you know what's ha- with a human hair? Like, do you know human hair? And I'm like, uh, I mean, hair that has like straight hair, curly hair, wavy hair. Like, it's like, yeah, but like, keep telling me more about it. I was like, I guess it has a cuticles. It has a follicles, hair grows from the head or body, you know. It's like, yeah, keep going with it. And then I started going with it. And then I'm like, I don't know so much about it. I just know very surface of what I learned in cosmetology school. And, mm-hmm. and then he told me that, Humi, you're charging $215, but you only know this much about the hair. And, and then I'm like, yeah and I was like he goes well don't you think you can add more value to it if you know so much of more of the hair because there's so many different type of the hair and I'm like yes yes that would be awesome and then he's like well you know the you buy products you get the product knowledge and and then what you know how to use the products but how how would you know if you don't know about the hair 
if you have the products that it works on a particular type of the hair, it will give you the a more in-depth of knowledge how to use the product. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, oh, that's kind of the where my next chapter of my journey of the hairdressing. I need to start thinking of like, for example, bleach they use. And then my question was asked, was like, do you know what's the pH level on the breach? And I was like, there's a pH level on the breach? <laughs> I don't know, it's like maybe 10. It's like, no, the most of the brand manufacturers are like somewhere anywhere around 11 to 12. Mm. And I'm like, like, why? It's like, well, the alkaline has to swell the cuticle, but inside of the medulla, and the little tiny, tiny fiber inside of the medulla, the 85% in the core of the hair, there is another fiber inside. And that first like macro side size of the fiber contains the melanin, which is the color. To extract that melanin out, you have to swell the cuticle and you have to swell the keratin or protein. But when you swell them, you lose the amino acids that are holding the protein together and then you let go of the protein out and it creates the cavity within the hair. That's what makes the hair to be compromised. And I'm like, like I had no idea. I used to just mix the powder and then the hydrogen peroxide and they put it on the hair and they just wait, you know? And he's like, no, there's so much more science to that. But if everybody knows and if you can control those pH level, if you can control those amino acids to walk away, we can prevent hair from getting damaged. Mm. And I'm like, huge. And I'm like, I want to go back to Japan. And so I just got back from Japan a week ago, like learning what they use not to compromise the hair. And then I, I had to see with my eye because I feel like a bleach equal damaged hair. You can prevent it. Mm-hmm. There's a bit many products in North America, but these guys went really deep down into the what is the hair. And then I'm like, okay, I, I want to I want to work with this. And then it would just kind of game change. And now I'm like really excited about it for the next chapter of my life. Okay, I'm gonna bring this product in, in America. I'm gonna let everybody to study the hair. And then you can customize the hair like products so that you can call yourself a little bit more a professional, you know? Thank you for joining us today. And if you loved this podcast, jump on over to our YouTube page to hear the full hour long interview. You can find us at Next Level Salon Leadership.